0: and grab your seat and grab your Bible. And if you will, go ahead and just, just for a moment, will you turn with me over to the New Testament book or Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 46. We will dive in there in just a moment. Before we do, I just want to welcome you. My name is Josh. I'm one of the ministers here at Clear Creek. If you are a regular, hey, I'm so glad to see you this morning. If you're a guest, welcome. And to all of our friends who are in the cafe this morning or online, welcome. We're glad to worship together this wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, we are coming quickly to the end of our second portion of the Gospel of Mark. We have been taking most of this year to walk through the life story of Jesus as recorded by a man named Mark, who was an early follower of Jesus. And next Sunday will be the last week in Volume 2. Then we're going to take a little break during the month of August and come back for the last week of Jesus' life beginning in September. Now, yesterday was an historic moment in American history. How many of you watched any of the news coverage or even know what yesterday was the anniversary of? Any of you know what yesterday was? What was yesterday's anniversary Yes, exactly. I assume we all said the same thing. The 50th anniversary of the moon landing. And if you watched any of the coverage, what went into that one moment, that one big moment where the first human foot pressed down onto the surface of the moon and we heard those words, one small step for what? one giant leap for? This was a monumental moment. It was a breakthrough moment. And although we celebrate that moment, we go, wow, what an accomplishment. And it was, it was the culmination. That one step, that one moment was the culmination Of many, 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 many other moments, other smaller breakthroughs, other small steps that led to this one moment where around the country, people witnessed for the first time ever a man on the moon. And we had once said it was an impossible thing. There is no way, there is no chance that we will get from where we are to the moon and yet through a series of dedicated steps, of breakthrough moments, we witnessed an historic event. And this morning, we're going to look at a story which is all about breakthrough. And here's the reality. We're going to read about a, a man who woke up one morning thinking it was going to be like every other Morning, But unbeknownst to him, this was the morning when he woke up, when he left his house, when he left where he was staying. This was the morning that he would meet Jesus because Jesus was passing through his city. It was going to be a breakthrough day. So let me just ask you, and this is, I want you to think with me and then I want a show of hands. So think with me first. just You don't have to raise your hand if this, if this doesn't apply to you, okay? so here 's the deal if if you have no issues in your life, if you have no problems, if every one of your relationships are like not just a ten on a one to ten scale but they 're like an eleven or a twelve if you are financially just set, not just monetarily, but you have a stewardship mindset, a Christ-centered mindset when it comes to your finances, if you are living internally and externally with complete integrity before God, if you have emotional stability in all circumstances, if you find yourself spiritually at a 10. I mean, you wake up in the morning. You're not one of those who struggle to find quiet time with God. Rather, you wake up, and when you open your eyes, Jesus Christ himself is physically sitting there going, are you ready for Bible time? I mean, if this is you, you do not need to listen to anything we talk about this morning. But for the rest of us, how many of us would agree, and show of hands, how many of us would agree that there is at least one area in our lives, I'm going to raise both of my hands, at least one area in our lives where we need a breakthrough, where there is something that needs to grow, there's something that needs to change. Is there no one else here who needs to grow or change today? Everyone else is perfect. Is that how this is? Okay, well then I'll just preach to me, okay? You can just listen in or you can fall asleep or you can catch up on your reading, whatever it is. Because what we want to look at today is when breakthroughs Happen. What is it that takes place when breakthroughs happen? So we're going to read this story from Mark chapter 10. You can follow along, beginning in verse 46, in your Bibles, on your smartphone, or on the screen behind me. And it says this And they came to Jericho. As he, this is Jesus, as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, notice this Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus was sitting by the roadside. So, so get the scene here for just a moment. Jesus is coming through a city. He's making his way from north of Judea, down through Judea, and then into Galilee, and he's winding his way. Ultimately, to the city of Jerusalem, where he will eventually be arrested, put on trial, executed on a cross, put in a tomb for three days, and then he will conquer Satan's sin and death on the third day, granting victory to all those who trust in him. But we're not there yet, he's on his way. And as he's passing through this city of Jericho, now this isn't the Old Testament city of Jericho. Rather, there was another city of Jericho that was established between the Old and the New Testaments. And this is the city through which Jesus is going. And there's a man there named Bartimaeus. And he's blind. And it's an interesting little situation because he is a man for whom nothing seems to be going right. But I'm jumping ahead. Let's keep reading. And when Jesus, or when Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. Now notice, I want you to notice there are going to be four underlying things that we're going to look at here. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up. He is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and, say these two words with me, came to Jesus. So he cried out and he came to. And Jesus said to him, great question here, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, rabbi. Let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. This morning I want to talk to you about when breakthroughs begin. And there are four things that we see here this morning. Because here's the reality. I don't know where you are. I don't know what your circumstances are. But if you're like me, there's at least one area in your life that you're going, I need breakthrough. I need change. I need something, but I'm not really sure necessarily how to get to it. Because here's the reality. Jesus is passing through, and as he's winding his way to the cross, there's a man beside the road who we're told his name is Bartimaeus. Now, by the way, this is an amazing healing story, not simply because he receives sight But because out of all the miracles in the gospel of Mark, this is the only miracle in which the name of the one receiving healing is given. He's the only one whose name we're given. No one else. We only know his name. Bar Timaeus. What does that mean? Well, we're told that it means son of Timaeus. The word, or that portion, bar, means son of. He was the son of Timaeus, meaning at one point... There was a man named Timaeus and Mrs. Timaeus. And when a little baby comes out, Timaeus says, I'm going to name him Bar Timaeus, meaning he's my son. He is my precious one. You can almost imagine that moment of pride, dads, can't you? In that moment where your child is born, and of course he gets to name him because in that culture, that's the way it worked, which makes no sense to me because he didn't give birth to the child. He didn't have nine, whatever, but he gets to say That's my boy. And you can imagine the potential he sees, the vision he has for his son's future. Oh, this young man, he's going to go do great things one day. He's going to be a somebody. He is my son. He is Bartimaeus. But by the time we get to Mark chapter 10, he's not known as the son of Timaeus. He's known as blind Bartimaeus. In fact, even today, when we talk about this story, we don't just call him Bartimaeus, we call him Blind Bartimaeus. By the time we get to chapter 10, he is known for his condition, not for his potential. He is known for that thing that doesn't work, that thing that is out of place, that thing that is broken. He is not known for who he was meant to be or created to be. He is known for his condition. Let me tell you about something about every person who's sitting on your row this morning. Every person sitting on your row this morning has a condition. And it may not be as obvious as physical blindness. It may be emotional. It may be spiritual. And see, the problem with emotional and spiritual issues is they are not as obvious. We're able to compensate for them, aren't we? So emotional issues, I may have an area in my life where I do not manage my emotions well or where I'm not able to handle situations well, so I compensate on the exterior so you never know what my internal struggle is. When it comes to spiritual things, we sometimes try to compensate or cover up our problems or our spiritual issues with flowery-sounding words or Christian behavior. But this is a man who'd become known for his condition, not for his potential. And then Jesus shows up, and this is the day where breakthrough begins. And I just want to show you real quickly in the time we have the four things, the four steps where breakthrough begins. And here's, before we even look at them, here's what I want you to hear. You may not be ready to take steps two, three, or four, but you absolutely can take step number one today if you're ready for breakthrough. And today, if you've already taken step one, then you may not be ready for step three and four, but you're ready for your next step. And if you're already at step two, you may not be ready for step number four, but you're ready for step number three. Here's the reality. If you are ready for breakthrough, then today is the day, because here's the reality. We are told that our Savior Jesus is not limited to a particular time or place, but that he is present with us now. He is not passing through. He is present, and he came here today to meet you. And so when... Breakthrough happens. Here's the very first thing that we see. Bartimaeus, in this moment, when he heard that it was Jesus, he cried to Jesus. Maybe you want to jot this down. He cried out to Jesus. Verse 47 through 49 says, And when he heard that it was Jesus, he began to cry out, saying, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now here's the reality, when we hear this and you hear someone say, cry out to God, you think, oh, but, but, but I don't know how to pray. I'm just not sure what to do. I don't know where we got this idea that prayer was this difficult, formal thing. Certainly, we, we learn certain things about prayer and we instruct and encourage one another in prayer and Jesus taught us general truths about prayer. But here's something that I find very fascinating. People may have to teach you how to pray, but no one had to teach you how to cry out. No one teaches a baby. All right, step one, when you're ready to cry, open your mouth. Step two, inhale deeply. And by the way, you know this, when like a two-year-old is about to cry, the volume of the cry is in proportion to the length of the silence once the mouth opens. Am I right? that mouth opens, and they just start to suck wind. And you know it's going to be a big one. The longer they suck, the longer it's going to blow. And, and, and you never heard someone say, okay, step one, open. Step two, inhale. Step three, break eardrums. No one had to teach a baby how to do that. Last night, my daughter, she, she has some allergies. And so about 2 a.m. this morning, I'm laying in bed, and I can't sleep for whatever reason, but I'm starting to doze off. You know that moment right before sleep just sort of overtakes you It's a glorious moment, and you know it's about to happen. You're like, yes, it's about to come on. And then all of a sudden, I hear, (coughs) Daddy. I thought, her mother can get her. And I roll back over. And then, of course, I I tell myself, well, it's because i got to preach in the morning. It's a spiritual reason. I'm just not going to do my job. So I, I lay there quietly for a moment, and I think maybe she'll go back to sleep. She doesn't go back to sleep. A moment later, I hear, (coughs) Daddy, this mournful thing. And so I did what every good father would do. I went over to the baby monitor, and I turned it off. And then I went back to bed. (laughs) And then my guilt took over, and I thought, no, I can't do that. It's my little girl. And so I went and turned it back on. I thought, I'll give her another moment. And as soon as I turn it on, Daddy! And so I go upstairs, and I check on my daughter, and I tell her, sweethearts, be quiet daddy's trying to sleep (laughs) and then she said but i can't breathe i said open your mouth it'll be okay but then after being rebuked by the spirit and her little face i said okay okay so we took care of it but here's the reality no one has to teach you how to cry out listen if you want breakthrough it does not mean that you have to start doing changing behaving differently today your first step is simply to cry out you don't have to know the right words. You don't have to be in a right place. You simply open your mouth and you say, Oh God, have mercy. Oh God, help me. Oh God, fix my marriage. Fix me. Fix what's going on. God, be present. But here's the thing though. Just be aware. If you do this, you're going to start hearing voices telling you to be quiet. Now, Bartimaeus, do you notice what happened here? As soon as he begins to cry out, people begin to say, Shh, you be quiet. Knock it off. Jesus is too busy for you. Jesus does not have time for you. Jesus has other things to do. In fact, it may not be outside voices that tell you. It may be the voice in your head that begins to tell you, you know what you just did last week? He's not going to listen now. He saw what you did. He saw and heard what you said. He knows. You think he's really going to listen to you? Be quiet. Be quiet. And you think, I, maybe I should. Do I stop? Do I, do I be quiet in this moment? Do I give up? And you think maybe he doesn't care or maybe he didn't answer the first time. And some of us begin to think maybe he doesn't care. Maybe he doesn't hear me. Maybe he does not see the tears I cry. If that's you this morning, then I want you today to jot down this verse, Psalm are you ready? Go ahead and get your piece of paper. I want you to write this down. If that's you today, write this down. Psalm 56 and verse 8. Psalm 56, verse 8. I don't have it on screen, but listen. It says this. The psalmist talking to God. He says, you, God, keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all of my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. In the moment when the voices begin to say, he's not listening, you speak back and say, no, my God knows what I'm going through. My God knows the tears I cry. My God knows even the tears that are self inflicted because of sin. He knows them and he cares. He is not absent. Can you imagine if Bartimaeus had given up calling out in the moment he heard the detractors? What would have happened if you quit calling out. But we're told instead he cried all the more. Jesus, have mercy on me. If you are ready to see breakthrough, it begins simply by saying, I don't know all the right words. I don't know all the right things. But I can take the step of crying out to the one who listens. Listen to me. What would happen if you keep crying out? How many in here? are a season away from breakthrough if you'll keep crying? How many of you today are a month away from breakthrough if you'll keep crying out? How many in this room are but a day away, and you don't know why God is delayed, you don't know why he has an answer. you don't know why, but how many in here are just a few hours away from breakthrough if you'll continue to cry out. First step when you're ready for breakthrough is to cry out. And then the second thing we see happen here. Jesus hears him and he says, you call him. And so you say, Barnabas, you get up over here. He's heard, you come. And so the second thing, he then came to Jesus. When Jesus answers you, hear me now. When you cry out and Jesus answers you come to him. You respond. And it's so interesting to me how he responds. Notice in verse 50, we're told he threw off his cloak. Now, now let me just tell you, the cloak was the outer garment. It was like the long coat. Now, if you're a wealthy person, you might have two or three or four cloaks. You'd wear them as fashion accessories. You'd match them to your hairstyle, to your shoes, to your other garments, this would be your accessory. But to a poor beggar man, this was all you own. It is the long coat you wore when you're cold in the winter. It was the long coat you'd wrap up into a ball as a pillow in the summer. It was the long coat that you would cover yourself with. And yet, He sees and he hears the voice of Jesus calling, and so he throws off the thing that might get in his way, that might tangle his feet from moving towards God. Even the good thing he has, he says, I will not hold on to anything that keeps me from taking my next step to Jesus. Quick question What is your cloak? What is that thing that you hold on to for security, for warmth in the winter, for comfort under your head at night, to cover yourself? For some in this room, your cloak is bitterness. You've just become friends with it. It's sort of that warm thing you hold on to. For others, your cloak is going to be that addiction, whether it's something you watch, something you ingest. Maybe it's even just an unhealthy attachment to an object or a thing. Or maybe your cloak is a relationship and you say, but I don't know what I'd do without this. I don't know how I could live without this. Or maybe, maybe your cloak is simply the fact that God has given you so much, you can't imagine life without all your stuff. What is that thing that you need to peel off, that you need to throw down? And then we're told that he threw it down and came to Jesus, that he got up. Now imagine this. You drop your cloak. By the way, when I was in Egypt a number of years ago, one of the first pieces of advice we were given was don't leave anything valuable laying around because if you do, it will be gone. Some will take it. Now imagine being a blind guy and letting it down. It's gone. I don't know if I'll ever see this again. Wait, Sorry, feel this again. And so he lets it go. And not only that, he then gets up and he goes to Jesus. Now can you imagine what it looked like for a blind man to pop up And go towards something he cannot see. By the way, in the Middle East during those days, in particular, the roads were quite potted, not even. And so, can you imagine? He's walking, and sort of this—you know—one step forward, carefully, carefully can't see. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of take it carefully. But I'm gonna go. Every step was a step of faith. I can't see where I'm going, but I trust the voice that I'm following. And he said, you come to me. You don't listen to anything else. You drop what is holding you back. You come, take a step. You may not know what the future holds, but trust the one who holds the future. And he came to Jesus. When you're ready for breakthrough, it's not enough simply to cry out. You begin to come. Now let me tell you where I saw this play out. In my gym. I hate exercise. By the way, anyone in here uh, with me, you don't really like exercising at all? Amen, yes. Yes. You know, okay, look, people say you need to get in shape. My comment, round is a shape. I feel very satisfied with my shape. Okay, but, and for me growing up, exercise was one sit-up a day. In the morning, I do half of it when I got out of bed. When I go back to bed, I do the last half of the sit-up. That was it. But not allowed to do that anymore. I have kids and want to see them grow up. So I go to the gym. And well, here's something I noticed. There's a bunch of people who are ridiculously fit in my gym. And there's one guy who I've become friends with. His name is Dave. Dave's in his late 60s, early 70s. He is just a stud. I mean, he's got muscles everywhere. Like, his, his muscles have muscles. It's one of these sick things. And he's got this great silver head of hair. But just a really nice guy. And Dave and I have become kind of friends. We talk. What's funny, though, is when I see Dave, he's in his late 60s, early 70s, he's just pounding away at the weights, I and mean, he's really getting a sweat going. He's on the treadmill. He's just flying, and, and I'm just always impressed with Dave. But then I've noticed that there's another group of people who are about Dave's same age, and they are not in the same shape as Dave. They're in there as much as Dave, but they're not in the same shape as Dave. In fact, and I'm not making this up, there's one guy who shows up every time I see him, This one guy always comes in with a pair of long jean pants and a flannel shirt. He's not even dressed to work out. And I thought, so what's the difference between Muscle Dave and bleh? They're both here the same amount of time. What's the difference? The difference is... When Dave goes to one of the machines, he interacts with the weight. He presses, he pulls, he sweats, he pushes himself. When these guys do, they come simply to socialize, to sit, to receive, and to leave. Coming to church will not cause breakthrough. It's amazing to me how many people come to church day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, expecting that simply sitting in the machine will change them. It is more than crying. It is now when Christ calls, you come. I let go and I step forward. And the third thing, if you've already begun to come, you've identified what you're letting go of and you begin to walk towards him, he then confessed to Jesus What was going on in his life? Jesus asks a great question. Hey, Bart, what do you want me to do for you? He asks. And Bartimaeus says, I just want to see again. I need my sight. Now, can you imagine if Jesus showed up here today in physical form and said to you, What do you want from me? How many of you already have a pretty clear list in your mind what you'd like to ask Jesus? Anyone else? I mean, I've got a list already. I don't need to write it down because it is tattooed inside my brain. I've got the list of things I want. Well, Jesus, I'd like to have more money. Or Jesus, I'd like to have more position. Or Jesus, I'd like to have more leisure time. Or Jesus, I'd like to have people just kind of get along with me. Or Jesus, I'd really like it if you would do this or do that. But he doesn't ask for any of those things. He doesn't say, Jesus, I need more money because he understands that more money will not fix what is ultimately wrong with him. He will still be a blind man who has lots of stuff, but stuff can't fix spiritual sights. He doesn't say, hey, I want more power. Jesus, that's what would fix what is wrong with me because he knows. He knows that power without vision does not lead to healthy, happy life. But power without vision leads to injustice and misery. Listen to me. The 20th century was marked by men with great power but no vision. And all it led to was concentration camps and despotism. He doesn't say, I need that. He says, I need my sight. The only thing that will fit. What is wrong with me is you doing a work in me and through me and to me. Christ, I have called. I have come. I now confess what is broken is beyond my repair. I need you. And he uses an interesting word here. Now, your text doesn't have it this way. Mine doesn't either. You have to go to the original language to see it. In our text, it says he called Jesus rabbi. The word rabbi means teacher. But that's not the word that he actually used. The word he used is not rabbi, but rabboni. You say, well, what's the big deal? Teacher, rabbi, is what people call Jesus, who may or may not actually follow Jesus. They just say, hey, teacher. Hey, you are a voice among many. What do you think about this? Hey, teacher, I've got an idea, or I've got a question, or I've got a request. But he says, no, 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 not rabbi, but rabboni, meaning My teacher. It is a statement of personal faith. What you say is what I will do. I'm not simply going to take a step and then not follow you the rest of the way. But when you speak, whatever it is, I will do. You are my teacher teacher, my rabboni. When you want breakthrough, when you are ready, you cry, you come, and then you confess. This is what's broken. I'm always amazed at the number of people who want Jesus to change their circumstances, but they have no interest in Jesus changing them. I think about the number of couples that I've had the privilege to mentor or counsel who one or both Talk about the other one. Well, Here's the problem. My wife, she does dot, 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 dot. Well, no, no, no. My husband, he does dot, 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 dot. If God would just fix him, everything would be okay. If God would just fix her, then everything would be okay. Don't raise your hand, but have you ever thought that about your spouse? Do not. Do not raise your hand, okay? (laughs) Or what about this? Another relationship. Have you ever had a friendship where you're like, you know, things would be great? if they would straighten up. Or or life would be okay if my coworker would just pull his weight. Or if my boss, if she would give me a little bit more latitude or credit when I do the job well. It's amazing to me. Christians do the same thing. It's almost always, God, change my circumstances, but don't worry about changing me. Instead, he says, I want you to change me. He cried. He came. He confessed. But if you really want... Breakthrough to begin. Here's the fourth step. And you may not be ready for this one, but you find where you are and you take that step. But here's the fourth step. Are you ready? He continued with Jesus. He continued with Jesus. Jesus says, your faith, your statement of belief in who I am. I'm not just some teacher, but I'm your teacher. Your faith has healed you and he received his sight. And Jesus says, now listen, you take your sight and you go on back where you came and you have a good life But we're told he doesn't obey Jesus in going home. Rather, he says, "Uh uh-uh, I am following you forever. See, it's not enough to receive healing from Jesus. You can't go back to where you came from, church. You stop going back to where you came from. You don't go back and find your old cloak. You don't put it back on and and say, well, he healed me, but now I'm going to live in the way I used to be. For breakthrough to begin, you cry, you come, you confess, and then you continue with Jesus. You continue with Jesus.